Well, I am really delighted uh, to be able to introduce one of my friends and one of our missionaries, uh, Dan Sabell here. He's uh, been serving in Ukraine, and he'll tell you more about that. Uh, he's going to give you an update about where God has been leading him, and he's also, he knows a thing or two about our subject today. So, so Dan has a deep heart for sharing Jesus, speaking of Jesus, and he knows a thing or two about hospitality and listening. That's kind of a key part of his ministry as a missionary, and he's going to be sharing with us what, uh, how we internalize those same practices in our mission work, even here in our city. So Dan, uh, just so grateful to have you. And, uh, yeah, we just trust that God will be speaking through you today. So let's welcome Dan together, actually. Yeah. So good to see so many familiar faces and, uh, some I don't know, but would love to, uh, get to know better. Um, I'm first of all so grateful for this opportunity to be back home, um, home turf, um, with my family and friends after being in uh, Ukraine while my, my mom passed away and actually my brother-in-law passed away not too long ago. Uh, I realized how much roots are important and how much uh, we depend upon not just our families and our church communities, but the grace of God to help us navigate those uh, different times that we face in life. But I'm grateful for the opportunity to continue to make much of Jesus. My, my life's purpose is to make much of Jesus. And everywhere that I go, everywhere I am, that's my thought. That's my prayer, Lord, how do I make much of Jesus today? And so the topic today regarding hospitality and listening is really all about that. I'm excited to be part of this uh, series for that reason. As Dave already mentioned, I'm very passionate about sharing the message of the gospel, the greatest message that any person could ever hear in their entire life. And over the past six years, uh, I've witnessed uh, how powerful a cup of coffee is to leverage yourself into a relationship or into um, building a new friendship uh, to be able to give you the, the opportunity to share this message. And so we're living, I believe, in days right now where um, we need to do that more than ever. And it's difficult for sure, you know, having to um, go around, be conscious of the fact that I need to wear a mask and do all of those things. Uh, not so much in Ukraine, but I'm getting used to being back in Canada. But it's, it's so important for us to be able to understand that we need to continue um, because the world has changed doesn't mean that I have to quit being the evangelist you know, the evangelist that God has called me to be, it just means I have to rethink it. I have to change it a little bit. But God has graciously given us opportunities to continue to do that. And so this morning, I want to encourage you to do the same with some thoughts about reaching perhaps your family, uh, maybe your neighbor, and maybe a, a brand new friend that you'll meet uh, with the greatest message that they will ever hear. Let's pray. 
Father, I thank you for this opportunity, first of all, to be with my church family here in Canada. I'm so grateful, Lord, for what you have done in each heart here this morning. The fact that we're here says you have done something or doing something to change us and to make us into the image of Christ. Lord, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would align our hearts with yours. I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to work in us that work of transformation, Lord, to make us more like your Son, Jesus. And Lord, that, that how we do that is how we, we bear fruit, similar fruit. So Lord, I pray that your Spirit would create in us a heart to serve, Lord, a heart that's fruitful, a heart that's fruitful in terms of doing the works of Jesus. We ask that now in your awesome and mighty name, amen. So many years ago, I had the opportunity um, to be part of a conference on evangelism, and I remember the speaker saying something that changed how I serve people in evangelism. He said, we have a greater opportunity to share the gospel where we first make an investment. Friendship requires investment. And we understand that there are different levels of, you know, friendship, so different levels perhaps of investment. But investment nonetheless, if I want to serve my community, because I serve I am often granted the opportunity to share in ways that maybe, you know, a normal kind of stranger bumping into another stranger, I wouldn't have that same opportunity. And so we do that by making that investment. We serve. We serve out of faith. We serve out of hope that we'll have that opportunity to share this incredible message. Jesus said uh, in Mark 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I want to begin today's talk with a question. And the question is this, if we believe that Jesus is the answer to the problems of the world why do you think it's so difficult for us to share the glories of Christ with our family, with our friends? The truth is, I don't think there's a simple answer to that question. But I do think, for a lot of us, it's just too far out of our sphere of ability sometimes to share the message of the gospel. I remember one day someone saying to me, Dan, how do you eat an elephant? And I'm thinking, like, why in the world would I want to do that? And he said, one bite at a time. If we look at evangelism as something that is impossible in terms of where I'm at, in the context of my life and relationship, in the context of, you know, my everyday life, I'm busy, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, um, we'll always see that as an elephant. I want to challenge you to see it as a meal over a period of time. I want to challenge you today to see something that you can see broken down into bite-sized parts 
incremental steps forward by beginning with faith and a willingness to actually do it. Henry Blackaby said, will God ever ask you to do something you're not able to do? And the answer is yes, all the time. It must be that way for God's glory and kingdom. If we function according to our ability alone, we get the glory. But if we function according to the power of the Spirit within us, God gets the glory. He wants to reveal himself to a watching and waiting world. The problem is, we don't see it that way often. We're very much about kind of doing our thing. We have things that we need to do, and that takes priority often. But God's calling us to awaken to the little voice inside of us that says, Tell them, share it, be bold, take a step forward. And I believe this is what is in the heart of God for all of his children. This is not something that is unique to a few people. I remember on a missions trip to Thailand several years ago, there was a couple of young women that were with us who confessed their fear about approaching people to share their faith. And I remember saying this to them. I said, that's not a problem for God. I said, ask him to send the people to you. And they looked at me strangely like, he can do that? <laughs> so they would find a place on the university campus. And they would, you know, whether it was the stairs that was going into one building or maybe a picnic table in the food court area. And they would pray. And as they're praying, someone would walk up to them and say, Hello, I heard you speaking English. Um, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And so they had this you know, instant segue into being able to share why they were here in Thailand. And I remember one specific student that came to them was a young girl, and her nickname was Ben because... She tried telling us her name in Thai, and it, we didn't do it justice at all. But she latched on to these two girls, and they were literally able to disciple this girl for the month that we were there. And as a result of that, Ben came to faith. And it's become this burning firebrand for evangelism that... To this day, she's just so passionate about Jesus and her relationship with God. And I think about that with, in the context of our lives, and I say, Lord, you know, anything's possible for you. There's nothing that's too hard for you. And so I want to I challenge you today on this subject of hospitality with, you know, just think about coffee as an open door. The text that the Lord prompted me to share with you today is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9. We'll look at verse 9 to 13. It says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. 
and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus wants to use us to share the greatest message ever with people who need to hear it. And sometimes those people are not, you know, by definition of our own minds, the people that we think need to hear it. And that's what I've realized, you know, after coming to Ukraine. I remember that actually the first day I got there, I said, okay, Lord, how is this going to work? I'm here in a new city. I know no one. I don't. You know, I don't have at all a command on the language. I mean, I think I literally knew how to say please and thank you, hello and goodbye. But I remember saying, Lord, there's got to be some way that I can communicate with you. And so I remember praying and asking the Lord, how do I overcome this language barrier? And little did I know that at that moment, God was already kind of setting things up for me to over a cup of coffee be able to share this message with so many people. In fact, I remember going into my first coffee shop and trying to order a coffee. That was interesting. Uh, the, the city that I lived in at that time, it's a lot better now over the past almost six years, but at that time, very few people actually spoke English. But there was a desire to learn. So I remember walking in there and trying to order my coffee, and she finally goes, oh, yeah, I got, I got you. But I sat down, and I was reading a book, an English book at that time, and I, I sat it on the table, and I was going to read. And someone walks up to me and says, oh, I see you're, you read English. You speak English. I go, yeah. And that day... God confirmed his purpose and his reason for me being there in that city. The very day, the very day I asked God how, he says, this is how. And I remember having this conversation with this person who actually could speak really good English. And the first question out of her mouth was, what are you doing here? Let me tell you about that. This is why I'm here. And so a cup of coffee opened the door that opened many, many other doors to be able to share Christ, to be able to share His goodness. Sometimes it was with Google Translate, and that's really sad. I'm sorry, but yeah. I, I remember trying to use, um, you know, the app five or six years ago, it's okay for the Russian language, but Ukrainian, it, it, it lacks a lot of shine. But it was what I had. And so I tried to use it the best that I could to communicate 
And we laughed at each other in some of the translations that Google decided to give us. But the Holy Spirit was always so incredibly present to either open the eyes of the person that was sitting there listening to me talk or my eyes to what they were trying to communicate to me. And I realized that my excuse that I didn't know the language wasn't really an excuse at all. But when God has a purpose, he sees to it that it gets done. But he needs willing hands and feet. He needs us to be able to say, hey, I'll do that. And so not too long ago, I met this incredible couple, actually about, probably about six months ago, named Dennis and Marina. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, like, what would these people want to do with me? Why would they want to connect with me at all? Incredibly successful. They don't need Dan. They don't need, you know, whatever. But God somehow connected these two people with me. And the Lord has consistently just continued to open that door wider and wider. And my prayer is is that God will actually um, somehow connect them even with the new ministry that I want to pioneer in Odessa. They actually volunteered. They said, look it, you get down there, you need some help painting, doing whatever, just call us, we'll come. And I say this because God has these opportunities all around us. The problem with us is is that we just get so focused on doing life as we normally do it. But hospitality, like anything else, is, is asking someone to come for coffee. Just the coffee. Someone that you don't know, maybe, that you meet in a, in a restaurant, or you meet on the street, or you meet at some event. Hey, why don't we meet for coffee? And you start to connect about you know, talk about shared interests. I remember young man many years ago, we, we got together and we started a discussion about music. And he co- clearly communicated to me he wasn't interested in Jesus at that time. And in my head, you know, I could have went, go, okay. But I knew Jesus had made that meeting. And so, Lord, I said, you, you do it how you want to. So we talked about music for months. I love music. He loves music. The progression in the conversation was straightforward and very simple. But I remember it got to the point where I started to want to probe a little bit, even though he said, no, I don't want to talk about that. I wanted to talk about, you know, his worldview. I wanted to talk about those things. And so Coffee shop's not a great place to do that. So what happens after coffee? What can we do after coffee? Well, I think you can do a lot of things. You can invite people into your home. You can invite people to an event like this sledding event where there's other Christians, there's other people around, where you can work together as a community to expose People who maybe never been in a Christian community where they've never witnessed the love that Christians have for one another. 
I remember there were times where I'd invite him to my home group, and then there was other times I'd invite him to, to bowling or skating or picnic. This is invaluable for someone like me in, 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 in Ukraine where, you know, I don't speak the language as, as good as I should, but I can invite him to an event where other Ukrainian Christians are there, and they can. So, we start with coffee. We can move to a home group. We can move to an event where they can understand, maybe in their own language, what God wants to do in their lives. Where they can witness the working of of Christian community. And I realized that that was so powerful because there were people like Dasha, that were going to come into our lives that we, we never had any idea about what a catalyst she would be to bring others to Christ and the whole time never saying a word about the gospel. Dasha was one of these girls that literally came to Jesus and from that moment, it was like God lit a fire under her and she said, Everybody I know and I don't needs to know this message. This was a couple of years ago, and I think I would not be erring at all to say that Dasha has been such a catalyst that hundreds of people have been affected by her witness. And her witness began by simply inviting her friends to her events, her friends to Bible studies, her friends to church. Sometimes we think, well, Dan, I'm not good with words. I don't know if I could, you know, share the gospel message. Can you invite them to someone else's house? Can you invite them to a friend's house that maybe does a Bible study, is maybe more comfortable in sharing the gospel? I, I pray that you would. I pray that you would be this Dasha. And it's interesting that Dasha has now become so comfortable and understands the gospel so well that she's actually a leader. (laughs) She actually leads a Bible study. And it's just so incredible to watch her interact and to share her faith boldly because she took that step. She goes, this is so good. Everybody needs to hear it. I pray that God would do that in you. Perhaps God will use you like Darina or Dasha until you feel comfortable enough to share the the gospel or share the gospel through your own story. Maybe you're not able even to host other people. Maybe you're completely bold and courageous and you're willing to share, but, you know, you don't have a place to invite people to. Ask God to show you someone you can partner with that will help you do that, that will help you connect with those people. I know for me, and a lot of people would probably know this about me, but I'm actually an introvert. (laughs) I remember God um, shaking my tree many years ago, my introvert tree, and I fell out of it. And I'm so glad that I did. But God can use introverts. God can use anyone 
We just have to be willing to walk with him through whatever he's asking us to do. Communicating the gospel, I believe, is a community effort. It's not just me. It's us, the body of Christ. I know in the different stories that I've been involved with, it's been multiple people that have had that effect. But what they've seen in all of those people was Jesus. What they've seen in that encouraged their hearts was they seen Jesus. They seen Jesus at work in these people's lives. And that testified to the truth of their story. What else can we do in terms of hospitality? I want to share something else with you. This is really big for me because as an introvert, you'll understand when I share this. Being hospitable is not necessarily always having people into your house. Sometimes it's being willing to go to other people's houses. In this context, we see Jesus in two different uh, situations. First of all, John chapter 2, the wedding at Cana. Jesus goes and is part of this wedding because he was invited to go. Jesus was where the people were, where he was invited, he would go. Sometimes where he wasn't invited, he would go too. But he was invited into this wedding and he went and he became part of that celebration. Another one is Simon the Pharisee in Luke chapter 7. Jesus responded to these offers to come and join them in this time of hospitality. Well, for me as an introvert, people would invite me to come and I would always find some excuse. Oh, it's uncomfortable. I, I remember it. I, I'd rather just stay home with my book. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do that. Ah, oh, it's too late at night. I, I'm not kidding when I say this. I'm more of a youth now than I was when I was 35 years old. I, I felt like an old person back then if I put my life into context. But when, when Jesus opens the reality and the truth of who he is and what he's done for you, you can't be silent. You have to share it because it will transform your life your neighbor's lives, your family's lives. And so I remember kind of breaking down those objections and going like, why? Why can't I do this? Because it's uncomfortable for me? Because it's something I fear? And God is asking us to kind of respond to those kind of questions. I really believe there's probably many of you sitting here today going, I don't like to go to people's houses. And I understand with the pandemic, it's problematic. I get it. But I don't think it's going to always be that way. And where we can, let's take a risk and do it. If I can meet people for coffee, I will. If I can go for a walk in the park with people, I will. If I can go to bowling, I will. Even though I stink at bowling. If I can go golfing, I will. It's a little hard right now. 
and Ukraine doesn't have golf courses. But I, again, I stink at golf, but I remember so many times just being able to walk with someone down the fairway and they'd ask me questions like, oh, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a pastor. Oh, mind my tongue for the last three holes. I'd say to them, it's okay, I just say it on the inside. <laughs> God is merciful and God wants to connect us with people who desperately need Jesus as much as we do. That's the thing. I get up in the morning, every morning, and look in the mirror and I look at a face who desperately needs Jesus. And I'm so grateful for his mercy and his grace. Thank you, Andrew, for that worship time and team here. What a great reminder of our need for the grace of God. So God's asking us to connect. We connect. Now what do we do? This is the fun part. It's really easy. We listen. God wants to teach us to listen to people. One of the most powerful things my mama taught me other than sharing the gospel with me was the power of listening. She'd say to me, Dan, you ever wonder why God gave you two ears and one mouth? Before I could give her some smarty pants answer, she would say, it's because you need to do twice as much listening as you do talking. You need to zip this and open these. I remember actually when I was in Thailand many years ago sharing the gospel. I sat at a table full of intellectuals and it always really makes me feel awkward because I'm not that person. But I, I sat there and in my heart, I'm, asking, I'm having this dialogue with, with the Holy Spirit and I'm going like, oh, what do I do in this environment? And I felt like this small, still small voice say to me, close your mouth and just listen. And I remember asking a simple question. And the responses that I got to that question rocked my world. I'm thinking, like, how in the world could I get so information from such a small question? But to listen is to be able to ask the right questions. If we're willing to listen, we need to, we're going to hear what we need to do in terms of asking the right questions. So part of being hospitable is being a good listener. Generally, if we're good at listening, it helps us ask the right questions. One of the things I remember from my early days, my work days, I was actually a salesperson. I sold heavy equipment because I was in the forest industry for many years before that. And one of the, the things that I learned in this about active listening was the fact that even though I had great information to give the person, often I knew the piece of machinery that they needed to do the job 
If I didn't listen to them, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to say, oh, what you need is this. It does this, it does this, it does that. But often we get this thing, you know, I've got to, I've got to solve their problem. <laughs> we have this kind of thought process going on. And Sam Chen in his book talks about a friend named James Veltmeyer that taught him something about forms of listening. And I just want to address these quickly. There are different forms of listening. The first form of listening is where you listen, but you're really just waiting for a turn, your turn to say something. It's not really listening, is it? Looks like we're listening, but not so much. Second form is where you listen, but you're working out how to argue against them. How to show them why they're wrong. Or what advice you're going to give them. Once again, it's not really listening. The third form is real listening. Here you're really just letting them talk while you listen. It's, it, it's so powerful. The other thing I wanted to draw your attention to is that active listening involves three things. We need to hear and be able to demonstrate that we've heard what our friends are actually saying to us. We need to understand, be able to demonstrate that we've understood what our friends are saying. I don't know if you're like me, but it really annoys me when I tell people for an hour what I want to do, and they never heard a word I said. It's the same with sharing the gospel. Jesus was a great listener. We need to become great listeners. I think the church would do well if we became a little bit like my mama and we listened twice as much as what we spoke. Active listening then is this. We listen just to hear the other and show that we are engaged by including body language that signals we're following, we're tracking. Includes feedback where we summarize, so if I heard you correctly, if I heard you right, you're saying X, Y, Z. Is that correct? Our body language says we're interested or not interested. A head bob, yeah. That word, yeah. I can see why you feel that way. Provide that emotional kind of connection to that person. And so we can do this if we're willing to do it. This is not something that is out side of our sphere as human beings. It's amazing how all of us have this ability to, you know, communicate in one way or another. Good listening starts, of course, with asking good questions. And again, Sam Chan in his books gives some different suggestions on how we could do that. Some of the 
questions we could ask are things like, what are you looking for in life? I remember that question was one that I asked that day at that table in Thailand. What's important to you? There was one individual that was working on his third doctoral degree. (laughs) Apparently, you know, for him it was education. So what is it? What's important to you? What's the one thing that you must absolutely have in life? And what happens if you don't find what you're looking for? These are all questions that can, you know, open the door to a response. And even that, you know, sometimes we're afraid of how we're going to respond or we're going to answer that question. What if you don't answer the question, but you go, you know what, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know someone who does. That was my response to many people that day at that table. I said, I, said, I don't know the answer to a lot of your questions, but I do know someone who does. And I said, in his grace and in his infinite wisdom, he's opened the door to me and shown me over the course of my life different answers and responded to different questions I've had. But it seems like they're always on time and at the right time. But I said the reality, it begins with a step of faith. And instantly, at that time, there was a a campus crusade Thai national that was working with me at the time and um, a couple different people at the table, their eyes started to fill with tears and she's instantly communicating to them the message of the gospel. So we don't know whether it's going to be coffee. We don't know whether it's going to be instantaneous. We don't know whether it's going to take years. I have some friends in Ukraine that I've literally walked with for years sharing the same message, repeating the same truth. And I watch God kind of incrementally, sometimes very small and very painfully slow. You know, I'm a missionary, so I want everybody to be saved yesterday. I want everybody to come to the knowledge of God's saving grace yesterday. But what I realized is that there's a day, there's a time appointed, and the Holy Spirit is a way better, um, does a way better job of me than I do, sorry, of communicating what they need to hear. So coffee, living room, And now I'm going to share a little bit about what the Lord's leading me into. Taking that and kind of expanding on that a little bit. I'm moving to a different city, uh, city of Odessa. It's a little bit over a million people. And um, it's it's a crazy place. I'm just going to say that. Uh, It's very interesting because I'm going to go have to learn another language. Because they speak predominantly Russian. 
I've tried using my Ukrainian skills there, and they kind of look at me and instantly respond to me in Ukrainian or Russian. <laughs> and so it's, it's going to be a challenge. But I feel this stirring of the Lord, even in the face of, of war, I feel this stirring of the Lord to go, and I'm going to open a hostel in Odessa. By the grace and help of God, I'm going to do it. Because I certainly don't know anything about doing business in Ukraine. Not Ukrainian. And what I've seen about how they do business, I know nothing. But I know someone who does know everything. And so I'm going to open this hostel by the help and grace of God. And I want to use it, yes, as a business, kind of a self-supporting mission. But I want to be able to host missionary young people from all over the world that want to come and hang out, clean rooms and meet people, share their faith. I want some papas and nanas to come and just be part of the furniture. Even the name the Lord gave me, a home away. I want it to be this home environment where they come and feel safe, safe to be themselves. Safe to ask questions that we all want to ask, but maybe we're afraid to do. Place that they can experience the love and grace and kindness of God. Place where we can pray for them in the morning when they come down with a hangover from last night. Or maybe they're suffering some kind of sickness. We can pray for their, their bodies to be healed. But I believe with all my heart that hospitality is this powerful. Maybe some of you have been thinking about opening an Airbnb or something like that. Do it. Do it. But don't do it just for the money. Do it because you can share God's goodness and kindness with these people. I'm so pumped about this and freaked out of my mind at the same time. Every time I get comfortable in some particular sphere, God goes, uh -uh. sorry, Dan, it's time to do something different. You know why? Because what Henry Blackaby said is true. Is this easy? If you want to live for the glory of God and the good of his people, life will never be easy. But it will be full of adventure. You will feel more alive, not just as a human being, but alive in your faith than you ever could have imagined. One of the things that spurs me on to do what I do is honestly that. When I walk in complete faith and obedience to Jesus, I feel more alive than I could ever imagine. It's too easy for us to get comfortable. And some of us are even comfortable, become comfortable in our pain. I don't ever want to be that person. Sometimes my pain is self-inflicted. Sometimes I'm not living how God wants me to live, to, to thrive, not survive. I, 
I'm grateful that I can survive sometimes. We should be, right? But sometimes I think we settle for survival and God is asking us to thrive. But thriving means, you know, danger zone. That means stepping outside of myself. It means being bold and courageous with the opportunities that God presents me. And, And I don't know what those are for you. I only know what they are for me. And I'm doing everything possible I can with the breath that I have left. I want to burn for Jesus. I want to love Jesus so passionately and so ferociously um, that I'm willing to go back to a country that's about to possibly enter a war. Somebody said to me, are you sure this is the heart of Jesus? My answer when it comes to sharing the gospel is absolutely. Always. And whether it's in a war-torn country or it's in a country that's affluent and not affected by anything, I desire to know Christ and His eternal purpose for me and I want to share that with others too that they might come to know Christ Jesus to live inspired to share him and his kindness with others so to conclude just as the gospel welcomed us we can be welcoming and engaging just as Jesus was. And hospitality is one of the most effective ways that I know to communicate it. But you know what? The sky's the limit, even regarding hospitality. There's so many different ways that we can connect with people. And secondly, let's take the time to truly listen to what people are saying. Let's take the time to hear their heart. So then we can ask the right questions in terms of directing them to Jesus. Let's pray. Papa, thank you so much for your life, your light that fills our hearts this morning. We're so grateful, Jesus, for all that you've done in us and you desire to do through us. We ask that you would help us to walk out the destiny that you have for us. We ask that you would help us to thrive as your people and not just survive. God, even in these difficult times, I believe you want your church to burn bright. You want your church to thrive in these times. God, just as you instructed the prophet Jeremiah to instruct the people that were in a country that We're not there on their own will, but you instructed them to thrive in that place. You instructed them, Lord Jesus, to serve in that place and to live brightly for you. So, Lord, I ask that you would help us to do the same by your grace and for your glory. Amen.